it's Aquila, the realist woman. How are you? I hope you're well. I am um, recording this um, while, well, I'm not watching it. It's just on the background, cocaine cowboys. <laughs> I'm continuing like my kind of mobster lifestyle genre of TV. Um, I watched a mobster documentary actually uh, last night, um, as well as a perfectly unhinged episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is, you know, unhinged is how I like my TV. So, um, but I hope you're well. Um, I'm recording this while also trying to just avoid all these distractions, one of them being my homemade brown butter chocolate chip walnut cookies that I will save for dessert tonight. I do have some discipline, but anyways, <laughs> um, I've been trying to think about how to apply uh, self-care um, you know, just in everyday situations, trying to give you that content um, as to how this all works. And, you know, right now in my life, I decided to date again after, um, you know, my former relationship did not work out. It was actually the catalyst for me even... Um, you know, investing in a coach and, and, and going on my own personal development journey. So I have to actually credit that relationship for, um, you know, um, getting me to this uh, more elevated place. But after doing so much work on myself, I decided to, um, yeah, I want to date again. Let's, you know, let's see. Um, how this goes because it's a different experience because I'm a different person um, now. Um, so let's get into it. Um, I think that, you know, I guess the question is why is self-care vital in dating and romantic relationships? I would say it's vital because in your quest to attract um, or anyone's quest, my quest, your quest, uh, to attract a good and healthy and aligned partner and in maintaining a relationship once you get into one or if you're in one, it's important um, on your journey to to be who or what you want to attract. Um, and, you know, it just isn't fair um, to your future partner or your current partner um, to constantly like project pain and um, have your pain walking and talking and making decisions for you. You know, it's, it's your responsibility and my responsibility to, um, you know, really heal our own traumas so that, you know, you and I can be our highest selves and bring our best to the table in these relationships. So um, this doesn't mean that you have to be perfect or completely whole and healed, but, you know, to avoid toxic behaviors and, and you know, that contribute to the downfall of relationships, um, you know, this work is vital. You know, if you're single, you know, giving yourself a chance 
an actual chance at dating successfully. You know, you need to do the inner work. So, um, you know, how did I even get here? Well, I kind of explained already. Um, I trauma bonded (laughs) with my last partner and, um, you know, it brought me to where I am today. Um, so, you know, I'm going back into dating with like such a heightened sense of awareness of my survival and egoic patterns and behaviors, you know, and in order to heal those things, (laughs) I practice self-care every day. I make it my business to fill my own cup. Um, it's important to do this, um, you know, regardless of whether you're single if you're in the dating game or if you're in a relationship, we have to take care of ourselves so we can bring our best to these relationships and just be our best for ourselves, period. So um, what I will say, it's, it's important to keep in mind that the patterns that didn't serve you, that didn't serve your highest self, and to be very intentional about what your standards are so you can stick to them. Um, so, you know, basically I have been on, um, at least a date, (laughs) um, in the last four months and I just, I want to share what I'm learning, you know, in the, in the stages of, of, you know, um, attracting someone. So there's the stage of attracting and then there's dating and then there's choosing, you know, to be in a relationship and then there's the relationship, you know holding and maintaining that. Um, So this first part is for the singles. The next part will be for everyone, singles, and if you're in a relationship, a marriage, what have you. So for the singles, what you will notice after doing um, some therapy um, or just doing some kind of work on yourself, you will attract differently, which is a good thing because we don't want a trauma bond anymore. I mean, it's possible that you're going to attract somebody who has had a um, similar uh, experience in terms of of trauma or challenges. And um, that's not always a bad thing. That could even be like a healing thing, but it can be healing if the both of you are on journeys to heal from those traumas, because if not... I assure you that neither one of you, um, if you haven't worked out that trauma, if you haven't healed it, you are both going to blame, shame, and project that pain onto each other. Hands down, it's going to happen. It's done. It's a done deal. Um, But I say all that to say you're going to attract differently. So you do the work and then you attract differently. And that's a good thing. Um, I haven't been in the dating world again for that long, but I can say for the most part that the men that I, I have been attracting and actually talking to seem to be healthy. I mean, I don't know them, you know, too deeply, but they seem to be healthy. Um, I've seen where, you know, they can cope with stress in a mature way. There's a humility there. Um, so, so far it hasn't been a, you know, a bad experience, um, 
My past situations included men who were extremely wounded, had no coping skills, had no interest in confronting or acknowledging the root causes of their trauma and so on. You know, I basically attracted what I was. I had a lot of similarities with these men. I shared a lot of similarities with these men. So that's what I attracted. Um, But currently things are a little better than what I used to attract in total unconsciousness. So that's a good thing. But after you attract, you date. And this is where I've noticed my old patterns, um, my, my, my default survival egoic patterns pop up. And I credit this inner work with helping me to be aware of these patterns. Okay, so this is where, oh, I catch myself and I say, okay, I know where this behavior has led before and it hasn't worked out for me. Um, I guess an example for that would be, I noticed I was becoming very attached to the outcome of a date instead of just allowing and being and being grateful for the experience. Once I allowed myself to let go and just be present and have a good time, the date was perfectly lovely. And for my life right now, that is more than enough. Um, but I did want to share with you. Um, a recent experience with a guy that I actually did not date, but this has to do with my patterns coming up and, you know, my former self. So a guy um, that I had matched with, he wanted to meet me with like 27 hours notice, (laughs) a little more than a day. I had met him maybe like a week before then, um, but I hadn't heard from him. Then the first like initial chat and he asked me to meet him on his day off. Um, and he knew what days he had off prior to asking me, but didn't ask me ahead of time. I'm getting somewhere with this. <laughs> it was like a Wednesday when he asked me to meet him on a Thursday. Um, it was convenient for him to meet me on his day off. Not an issue, except I couldn't meet him. Um, I had asked someone to do my hair and we set the time for Thursday night so I couldn't meet him. I couldn't do it. And he was pissed. Um, but he didn't have a right to be pissed. <laughs> because number one, it's not that deep of an issue. He didn't really know me. Um, and there are other days people can meet. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and he hadn't like he hadn't asked me to meet him like, you know, he hadn't asked me ahead of time. Um, so in a text exchange, I you know, I had to stand up for myself because here we go. The people pleaser part of me would have inconvenienced myself to make the date happen. And I credit the self-work for helping me realize, you know, that I was even living that way and why. And it's because of abandonment issues, you know. Um, so, you know, will work for love for people to not leave me. (laughs) Could have been a banner across my chest. I mean, you know, that was my life. Um, I was also used to a very fast-paced dating life. So the old me would have made this date happen. Um, That is familiar to me. A fast-paced dating life is familiar to me. Slower-paced dating is unfamiliar. But because of the self-work, And the dumpster fire of my past relationship drama, I learned it's really vital to take the time to get to know someone and find out how they cope when life's challenges come around. 
How do you, you know, how do they cope with stress? Do they have coping skills? Do they have a spiritual foundation? That's important for me. Do their values align? Um, What happens when a parent gets sick? Do they push you away or do they pull you in closer? And a friend of mine added this one. What happens if their order is wrong at a restaurant? These things you only really know over time. So at the same time that this guy asked me to meet him, um, and again, I hadn't heard from him days prior, I had already started talking to someone else. I actually had forgotten about the guy <laughs> when he like texted me to meet him, but I had already started talking to someone else. Now, this guy was getting to know me, and not too long after we matched, um, he asked me when I was available to meet. He didn't just pick a date and expect me to be there because it was convenient for him. Um, he asked me when I had time. And the date I chose happened to be on a day that he worked. But he happily agreed with, you know, to meet with me after he got off of work. So it just, you know, it wasn't like a super... You know, it wasn't his day off and it wasn't super convenient and that was fine for him. He had also invested time by texting me daily to be, you know, just in touch and communicate. The other guy did not. He did not invest in any time and communication and just expected me to show up when it was convenient for him. Like I explained, my dating life is usually fast paced, so I don't mind a spontaneous meet. Not at all. That's familiar to me and never been a big deal, but I wasn't backing down no matter how ridiculous my not meeting him for a hair appointment was to him because he, he was pissed. He was actually like kind of in shock and like in disbelief that, you know, a woman he asked to meet wasn't going to meet him that day. (laughs) I think he internalized it and he felt rejected and a little insulted and um, not surprisingly, I never heard from him again. <laughs> um, I think he worked in like tech or finance or something like that. Um, but um, a guy like him would know you need to invest in order to expect a return. But this is the thing. Many wounded women, I've done this, have given way too much to men when they hadn't even invested any time, energy, or love to receive. So of course, they expect without investing much because they've received without having to. We've conditioned men to be this way. It comes from our, you know, wounded patterns and behaviors, acting in our wounded masculine traits. So what I have found in dating and in not actually dating, Um, you know, just you being open to this world, again, gives you an opportunity to make decisions that align with your new values and standards that complement this new version of you, this higher version of you. Um, The last part of this episode is for everyone, Um, you know, singles and those in relationships. Um, What I've noticed is that many times in relationships, I've done this, people lose their identities. They lose themselves. Um, They lose their authenticity in relationships for fear that their authentic self 
is not enough to keep a relationship. That not enoughness comes into play. So the question is, how does one stay true to themselves in a relationship and maintain it? And this is why this self-work is so important. I mean, it just matters in every single part of your life. (laughs) Um, How does one stay true to themselves in a relationship and maintain it? Hold it. Shocker. Self-care practices, um, which can include a spiritual life, therapy, um, applying the lessons you learn from personal development work, and just really taking the time to care for yourself. Um, You committing to becoming your best and highest self is how you stay true to yourself and how you bring your best to your relationship. Um, I will say one person Doing the inner work is not enough to save a relationship. It is not enough for two people. Holding and maintaining a healthy and evolving relationship is a two-way street. One person cannot and should not be the only factor in keeping the heart of a relationship beating. So that's where self-care practices come in. The individual work you both do will keep this relationship growing and elevated My coach, Anastasia Girali, always says, you will only ever be able to receive what you can hold and absorb. Um, I think the problem, and I think she would agree, is um, the problem comes by way of your vessel. If your vessel has holes in it, whatever comes in is going out. You can attract all you want. You can commit to a relationship. You can get married. But if you haven't dealt with your issues or your partner hasn't dealt with theirs, a healthy, evolving relationship is not in the cards. You can have a relationship, but holding it, mm, anybody can stay in something toxic or not great. Anybody can stay in a relationship that's stagnant, but a person who is working on themselves will always want more and want a relationship that's aligned with them and their new standards and their new values, period. You know, a lack of self-care and self-work um, is draining on a relationship. The constant projection of your insecurities, your anxieties, your trust issues, your pain, your trauma. It's physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausting. It takes a toll. So this is why I say self-care is vital to a relationship and it has to be something each partner does for themselves. Now I keeps it real. (laughs) I am the realest woman after all. And let me tell you something. I'm not sitting here talking about self-care and wellness and spirituality for shits and giggles or because it's cool or trendy. This is real fucking life. People's hearts are on the line and I take that seriously. You know, I wouldn't be here with as much clarity and like wisdom and like, you know, hindsight if it wasn't for the breakdown of my relationship and the breakdown of my mental wellness, okay? This work really works. Um, At the end of the day, I want people's relationships to win. But the thing is, they don't. And they don't because we have unhealed stuff that we don't want to work on. 
And we're just projecting, projecting our bullshit on each other. And it's not cool and it's not fun and it's not fair. It's exhausting. Collectively, I want us all to be better and have relationships that fucking win. I want you to experience peace and love and joy in your relationships. And in the time that life comes at you hard, I want you both to be able to hold space for each other. And we can do that when we work on our shit. So my coach has made me realize, and she has said many times, you cannot give what you do not have. So in order to be able to give your best, you need to work on yourself and fill your own cup. You cannot give what you do not have. I love that. It's so true. Um, And it's possible and doable to be able to give your best, but it takes work. This wellness talk, the self-care stuff, it's the real deal. And it's for your benefit. So um, like I said, this is real fucking life, you know? (laughs) I'm not just writing about this and, you know, wasting my time um, at all when I talk about this stuff. It's the real deal. And it can be real for you. And it's shaping up to be real for me as I do the work. So I'm never going to suggest anything if I'm not myself doing it. Um, so I hope that, you know, single or not, um, that you've received a nugget of wisdom or something from this, um, because I really do want, um, you know, your relationship, my relationships, I want them to win and it's doable. So thank you for listening. Um, you can find me at the Realist Woman blog on Instagram. I'm probably a little bit more visible there, but I'm trying to make myself visible everywhere. I'm on YouTube as the Realist Woman. Um, I'm on Facebook as the Realist Woman. Um, connect with me um, and let me know if you know any of this aligns with you. Take care. Love you all. And I will be back with another podcast soon. Bye-bye.